Okay, so we, today we're talking about the resurrection, and we're talking about the timing of the resurrection. So uh, we have what we call Good Friday, right? And Good Friday uh, is called Good Friday, and that's typically the day that we would understand to be uh, the day that Jesus Christ was crucified. That's uh, traditionally the day that we would understand that uh, to take place. And then uh, Sunday, of course, being Resurrection Sunday um, in, the, in the, the, the secular sense, Easter, and that being the memorial of the day that Jesus rose again from the dead. And the the fact that Jesus rose from the dead on Sunday is a fairly well-established idea. The Bible says that on the first day of the week, the women came to the tomb. First day of the week is Sunday. It's the day after the Sabbath, which uh, is on Saturday. And uh, so there's not a lot of controversy about the day that Jesus rose again from the dead. The question, however, is... What is the timetable of Jesus' crucifixion? I say crucifixion and resurrection here, but particularly crucifixion. Why, why, why ask that question? Well, the, the particular problem as it relates to this is found in Matthew chapter 12, verse 40. Jesus is speaking here to the Pharisees, and he says in Matthew 12, 40, For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Okay, so Jesus tells them that he would be in the heart of the earth, uh, the idea there being um, uh, what, what the Bible would, the, the Greek would be Hades, uh, the Hebrew would be Sheol, uh, it's, it's the uh, abode of the dead, right, um, the grave. And he would be there for three days and three nights. Now, think about this with me. Three days and three nights. Uh, Friday. Jesus is crucified. It says that he was crucified at the time of the evening offering. That would have been about 3 p.m. So he's put in the the tomb around that time. About 3 p.m. is when he he gives up the ghost. Uh, He was put on the cross hours before that, right? But um, he gives up the ghost. He's put in a tomb. Then we have Saturday... Then we have Sunday. That's not characteristically three days and three nights, as one would think about it, right? And so some people have said, well, he must have been crucified on Thursday, and then they reason about Thursday. Some have even said, well, if you're going to actually get three 24-hour periods into the crucifixion, then he had to have been crucified on Wednesday. Now, I'm not going to talk much about the Wednesday theory, because as we walk through, what you're going to find is that the Wednesday theory simply cannot hold up. There's no, no, no way, based upon the narrative at hand, that he could have been crucified on Wednesday. However, the Thursday and the Friday accounts are the two that, that do cause us to think through some things more. Actually, I guess there is one very narrow window where it's possible that there could have also been a Wednesday uh, crucifixion, but very, very unlikely. So... We're going to talk through that a little bit together. The most literal understanding of Jesus' statement, uh, again, actually the most literal would be Wednesday, uh, if we take it to three 24-hour days. But the idea of three days and three nights, um, we need to find three days and three nights between Jesus' death and Jesus' resurrection. Um, Now, the Friday account, as you see there, remember that in in Jewish culture, a a day ceremonially begins at 6 p.m., 
and goes till 6 p.m. the next day. So a day is actually from, a day is uh, evening and morning, not morning and evening, right? So the, the idea being that it begins at 6 p.m., 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. is the night, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. is the day, and so a day begins. So when the Jews observe Sabbath, they observe it from Friday night at 6 p.m. to Saturday night at 6 p.m., uh, Seventh-day Adventists do as well, and they actually do it from sunrise to sunset, so they, they have, uh, I, don't remember, I don't know if any of you were here when the Seventh-day shared the building with us, but um, they used to you know, kind of leave their, tra- their, um, their, their handouts, their weekly handouts, um, uh, bulletins, that's what they're called, we don't do those here, so it's been a long time since I've, uh, since I've, I've, I've heard that word, but um, the bulletins, and uh, in the bulletin, Every week they would say when the next Sabbath sun, sundown was. So the, the sunrise and sunset on Friday and then on Saturday, specifically the sunset, um, so that they could know exactly when their Sabbath began and when their Sabbath ended to the minute, right? Uh, and, and that is how Jewish culture functions. It functions from sundown to sundown or from, from evening to evening. So the... the, the, um, the, the Friday crucifixion idea would be that Jesus was crucified on Friday and then he rose again on Sunday, Saturday being the Sabbath. But what if Jesus is crucified on Thursday? Okay, so then we have a Thursday crucifixion, the evening to the the day, then we have Friday he's in the grave, Saturday, he's in the grave. Sunday, he rises from the dead. Now, uh, let me go back one here, and um, let me get my pointer. Well, no, I'll I'll get to that in a little bit. And and then Sunday, he rises from the dead. This helps us get to three days and three nights, but there's another problem, and it comes to do with this Friday. And the reason why, as you'll see as we walk through the data, is that the Bible tells us that the... Well, let me ask you, what was the reason... What was the reason that the, the Pharisees were so intent on trying and crucifying Jesus so quickly and were so intent on him dying and getting off of the cross quickly? Does anyone recall? And there was a specific thing about, about it wasn't just Passover, actually. It was something more specific than just Passover that they mentioned. That, that he could not be on the cross for the Sabbath of the Passover, specifically the Sabbath. They had to get him off before the Sabbath. It would have been unconscionable to the Jews to have a, a, a crucifixion on a Sabbath day. And so they had to get him off the cross before the Sabbath day, which, uh, which is why, characteristically, we've had a Friday crucifixion because, naturally... He had to get off the cross before Sabbath day, and the Sabbath day was on a Saturday. So we say, all right, well, the Friday doesn't really correspond to the idea of three days and three nights. However, the Thursday crucifixion, we've got this extra day in there, and what do we do with that extra day? So that's our problem. Let's talk about the data as it relates to the Sabbath. So... Uh, or as it relates to the crucifixion. So Matthew 26, verses 4 and 5, the Bible says they consulted that they might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him. Matthew 26, 4 and 5. 
but they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar among the people. So this is the, this is the, uh, the idea, not on the feast day, not on the Passover, but, but specifically, we'll see here, um, the, the, the Sabbath come up in just a minute. Matthew 26, verse 17. Now the first day of the feast of unleavened bread... The disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where wert thou that we prepare thee to eat the Passover? So we have this idea here, not on the feast day. Leviticus chapter 23, verses 5 through 8, tells us this. In the 14th day of the first month, at even, is the Lord's Passover. And on the 15th day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread unto the Lord. Seven days ye must eat unleavened bread. In the first day ye shall have an holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein. But ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord seven days. In the seventh day is an holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein. So we see here that the 14th day of the first month is this, this um, holiday that we call Passover. Then from the 15th day of the first month to the 21st day of the first month would be a second feast, and that would be the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Now, in the Bible, we see these things put together. So sometimes they'll call the entire eight-day feast the Passover. Um, sometimes they'll call the entire eight-day feast Unleavened Bread. Um, the, sometimes when they're talking about the Passover, they're talking about the literal day. Uh, sometimes when they're talking about the Passover, they're talking about uh, the days following. When they say the feast, when we read in Matthew chapter 26, uh, not on the feast day, um, what we'll see as we combine Scripture with Scripture is that this is not the Passover feast directly, but it's the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And, of course, the reason why that was important is because on the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, they had an holy convocation. In other words, and this is important, the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread and the last day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread were extra Sabbath days. No servile work done therein. And so that is the feast day idea. Now, within the timeline then, the 14th day is the Passover. The 15th day was the Sabbath. Then you had the 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th, and 20th days. And then the 21st day, the last day of unleavened bread, was also a Sabbath. Seven days for the Feast of Unleavened Bread. An eighth day for the Passover. And that is the general timeline of this feast. Questions on, on that? Clear as mud. So, unleavened bread seems to be able to refer to either the seven-day feast following Passover or the whole eight-day stretch. I mentioned that. And then I also mentioned that a day in Jewish culture went from sundown to sundown. 6 p.m. to 6 p.m. 6 p.m. being the first hour of the night. 6 a.m. being the first hour of the day. And so 9 p.m. would be the third hour of the, of the evening or the third hour of the night. The sixth hour of the night would be midnight. The ninth hour of the night would be 3 p.m. And then 6 a.m. would be the first hour of the day. The third hour of the day would be 9 a.m. The sixth hour of the day would be noon. The ninth hour of the day would be 3 p.m. And then the first hour of the next day would be 6 p.m. Now, when we read in Matthew chapter 6, they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar among the people. This is the feast of unleavened bread, not Passover. And the uproar would be because it was an holy convocation. It was a Sabbath day. And the text will later tell us that. 
Matthew 26, verse 17. Now, the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus. We asked about that as well. Uh, we, we read that already, I mean. The, the first day of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus. Now, this is before they, they ate the Passover together. So you say, wait a minute. What do you mean the first day of, of Unleavened Bread if they, ate, if they were going to eat the Passover? Well, this is why we believe that the, the, the week of Unleavened Bread, including the Passover, the eighth day, could all be called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Mark 14, 12 clarifies this. On the first day of unleavened bread, when they killed the Passover, his disciples said unto him, where wilt thou that we go to prepare that thou mayest eat the Passover? So they were preparing for the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the 14th day of the first month, leading into the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which would begin on the 15th day. The whole thing was called Unleavened Bread, and the Passover day would be on the 14th. That would be the day that they killed the Passover. So the disciples are preparing for that. The day that they kill the Passover, it is the day of the Passover. It's not the day of Passover. What's the difference between the day of the Passover and the day of Passover? Well, think about this with me. Passover began at 6 p.m. So if, uh, if um, if we think of it like Resurrection Sunday, if we were going to celebrate Resurrection Sunday in the in this the, kind of the, the Passover me- method, it would have begun at 6 p.m. last night, right? And it would go till 6 p.m. today. And the bulk of the day of Sunday would be Resurrection Sunday, but actually at 6 p.m. it would become Monday. So the disciples, if we're thinking about that timetable, the disciples ate the Passover with Jesus the night before is the day of Passover, which in our vernacular would have been the night before the lamb was slain. So if, if today was Passover, just to, to orient our minds, Sunday, the disciples on Saturday would have gone to Jesus and said, today is the Passover when the, the lamb will be slain. Where should we eat the Passover? So on Saturday, prior to 6 p.m., so it's still not technically Passover yet, right? They're preparing. They find the upper room. They prepare. And then after 6 p.m., they have the supper together because technically it's Passover day. So they have the Passover supper after 6 p.m. on Saturday in our thinking right now. Um, In their timetable, it would either have been Wednesday or Thursday, right? But just just to orient it in, in our time today... Saturday, they would have gotten the meal together. They would have eaten it Saturday evening after 6 p.m., which would technically be Sunday. And then Jesus would have gone and prayed in Gethsemane that evening. He would have been arrested. He would have been tried. He would have been brought to Pilate the next morning. That would have been the morning of the Passover. And he would have been tried and crucified and hung on the cross on that day and gotten off the cross before 6 p.m. that night when it ticked over to the Sabbath day for the next day. The Passover lamb would have been slain at, uh, the, well, the, the night before as far as the people in the house, right? Because that, they would have eaten the Passover. But then the, the Passover day sacrifice would have been at 3 p.m. on, in our reckoning, today, right? Sunday, 3 p.m. today. We would have had the meal last night, but it would have been the same day. So the, the disciples say, it's the first day of unleavened bread. They say this on, on the day where the evening will tick over into Passover. It's the first day. Where should we make the meal? At the same time, 
the Pharisees and the Sadducees are conspiring, saying, we need to kill Jesus. He's in town for the Passover, but we have to kill him before the Sabbath. We have to kill him before the Feast of Unleavened Bread begins. Because once that day begins, we're, our hands are kind of tied because we're into the feast. It begins with the Sabbath. You can't have him hanging there during the feast on the Sabbath day. Matthew 27, verse 1. When the morning was come, this would be of the 14th, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness uh, over the land until the ninth hour. And, and we're seeing the data here as it relates to the timing. So they arrest him on the morning of the, of the 14th. That would be once the Passover has begun. And then he's hung on the cross from the, from the sixth hour, that's noon, to the ninth hour, there's darkness over the land. That's where we would believe that Jesus is bearing the sin of the world. John 19.31 tells us this, The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that, they, that bodies should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, there's our clarification on the culture, for the Sabbath day was an high day, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So, they say, let the, these thieves, these people, they need to be killed quickly because we need to get them off the cross before the Sabbath day because this is a high holy day. This is, this is the, the um, prepara preparation for the Feast of Unleavened Bread. We've got to get them off the cross. So, Passover eaten on the 14th. Feast begins on the 15th. The feast actually begins with a Sabbath. It ends with a Sabbath. And then you have the five days in between. And that is our timeline, as I've mentioned. 6 p.m. begins the 14th day. Jesus eats the Passover that evening. That night, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. The next, he's arrested that night. He's brought before the Sanhedrin, before Caiaphas, the high priest. The high priest... Uh, gives him a mock trial... They accuse him of blasphemy because he says he is the son of God. They're not going to wake up Pilate in the middle of the night. He would not have liked that, so they wait until the morning. In the morning, they bring him before Pilate. He is tried before Pilate. Pilate actually doesn't want to do it, so he sends him to Herod. Herod gets bored with him, so he sends him back to Pilate. Pilate says, I don't, uh, there's nothing, th this guy didn't do anything wrong. The people say, we want him dead. Pilate says, okay, whatever. I'm washing my hands of it. You guys kill him if you want. And they crucify him. We know that from the, the 12th hour, that's noon, to the ninth, or from the 6th hour to the ninth hour, that's noon to 3, is darkness over the land. At 3 o'clock, he says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Then he says, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And then he gives up the ghost. Now the people have something like two and a half, two to three hours to get him and these other thieves, uh, and the, the other two thieves, off of the cross before 6 p.m. when the Sabbath begins. And the Sabbath begins on the 15th. They've got to get him off the cross. Now this is where the Friday, the Friday tradition comes in. They say, oh, Sabbath. Sabbath is Saturday. Must have been a Friday that he was crucified. However... If there's a Sabbath on the 15th, regardless of what day of the week it is, it could be any day of the week. Except that when we get to 
the resurrection, it's on the first day of the week. And, of course, that would be after the Sabbath. So then it all kind of hinges on this idea of three days and three nights in the belly of the earth. How literal do we take that? And we'll talk through that a little bit here. Now notice this. Matthew 28, verse 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to draw toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. This is why we have no questions about when Jesus actually rose from the dead. It was at the end of the Sabbath. It was the first day of the week. That is a Saturday into a Sunday. So, of course, the Sabbath ended at Saturday at 6 p.m. This is now the morning of Sunday. Sunday morning, they're coming to the tomb. Uh, and, and the morning would mean that it's somewhere around 6 or it was coming to be uh, the dawn on the first day of the week. So we're coming toward that 6 a.m. point on Sunday morning when they get to the tomb, they get to the sepulcher, they find the stone rolled away, they see the angel and yada, 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 right? Uh, and, and so on and so forth. So that happens on Sunday morning and we're fairly comfortable and confident that Sunday morning was when it happened. But notice this. The morning of the resurrection was after the Sabbath. There's a major interesting point here in the language. The Greek word is sabaton. This is the plural form of the word Sabbath. Now, as I look through it, if you look through all of the uses of the word Sabbath in the New Testament, the plural of Sabbath is only used in a few places. It's used when it speaks of multiple Sabbath days. It's never used to speak of a single Sabbath day. And yet, this is a plural word. When the, at, in the end of the Sabbaths, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week. And so, it's very possible here that the writer, and this is consistent among all of the Gospels, where it uses Sabbath in the plural as it relates to the end of this time, not singular. So it's very likely here that we have multiple Sabbaths. And this is where both the Wednesday and the Thursday theory come in. However, I'll tell you why the Wednesday one doesn't make as much sense uh, in, a, in a little bit. So Mark 8.31 says, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and of the scribes and be killed. And notice this, after three days rise again. But then... Look at Luke 24, verses 5 through 7. And when they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto him, Why seek ye the living among the dead? This is uh, at the resurrection. He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you say, uh, when, uh, when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. So in Mark, it says, After three days he will rise again. But in Luke, it says, On the third day he will rise again. And again, this is a data point that helps us seek to understand whether or not we need to have three full days before he rises again, or is, is it sufficient for us to say that he would rise again on the third day? And again, we'll talk about how Jewish numbering works. Is it on the third day, or is it after three days? You see why there's been this controversy. There's a lot of things in the text that 
that give us pause and say, oh, okay, well, if it's after three days, then we need to have three full days before Jesus rises from the dead. But if it's on the third day, which is what Luke tells us, that he would come uh, on the third day, well, okay, then we only need two days because the third day is resurrection day, right? So that's the data. Let's talk about the possibilities together. The traditional timetable. In the traditional timetable, Jesus is actually only dead for about 36 hours. And that would be if we counted any part of a day as a day, three days and two nights. Passover was, we have Thursday, right? Thursday evening, Thursday uh, morning, or Thursday day, Thursday night, Thursday day. So they're preparing the Passover Thursday during the day. Passover takes place after 6 p.m. on Friday. Jesus is praying in the garden. Jesus is tried. The day begins at 6 a.m. on Friday. He's tried by Pilate. He's tried by Herod. He's tried again by Pilate. He's put on the cross. He's on the cross. He dies at 3 p.m. He's taken off the cross before 6 p.m. And we would count that as day one because he is in the grave for on Friday, day. Saturday, he's in the grave all day. So that's one day, one night, two days, and then Sunday night, he's still in the grave. And then Sunday during the day, he, is, he rises from the dead. That would be the third day, right? So that is where that comes from. But it seems as though we only have two nights here. So this is where people said, well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Except for this. The Jewish reckoning of time allowed any part of a day to count as a whole day. One hour of the morning would qualify as a day to be evening and morning in a Jewish idiom. We see this in Esther chapter 4, verse 16. Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan. Fast ye for me, neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise. And so will I go into the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. So this is Esther telling Mordecai, fast with me for three days, night and day. But then notice, um, oh, that's all I'm trying to prove there. So it's not a problem for us, right? It's not a problem for us to see that if he was put in the grave on Friday, that that can count as an entire day. And if he rose on Sunday, that that can count as an entire day. So that we could say that there were three days and nights, three days that he was in the earth. This is, um, this is fine within the Jewish reckoning of time. Does that make sense? This may not be the best explanation, however, and particularly because of this plural of Sabbaths. It's very possible, I'd say it's likely, that the writers are telling us that there were two Sabbaths between Jesus' crucifixion and Jesus' resurrection. 
And this is where a Thursday or technically a Wednesday could come in as well. So Esther, she conflates three days, night and day is the same as her going in on the third day. I don't, did I not put that verse in? No, there it is. I should probably, if, when I present this again, I'm going to re, reorganize these slides there. Not in the most natural order for presenting this. Um, so Esther chapter 5 verse 1 tells us this. Now it came to pass on the third day Esther put on her royal apparel. So she asks them to fast for three days, night and day, and then she'll go into the king. But then on the third day she goes into the king. So she counted that third day. As soon as it rolled over to that third day, she said they fasted for three days and nights and now I'll go into the king. And this is not uncommon in Jewish time reckoning that a person, as long as you touch a moment of that day, that is a day, right? So, and not only a day, but also a night. So, if Jesus touched in the grave Sunday at all, then it could be considered a night and a day. Which means if Jesus was in the grave on Friday, then Friday, night and day, he was in the grave. If he was in the grave on Saturday, then he was in the grave Saturday night and day. And if he was in the grave for any part of Sunday, then he was in the grave Sunday night and day. That is valid from a Jewish linguistic perspective. That if you touch any part of the day, it's not just that you touched that day, but you touched night and day. So it is valid linguistically for us to say that Jesus was three days and three nights in the belly of the earth when he was crucified on Friday and raised again on Sunday. As long as he raised again after it ticked in, after Sunday began, which of course, of course he did because Sunday began at 6 p.m. on the night before, right? So we have Friday night and day, Saturday night and day, and Sunday night and day. With Friday night, being the part that Jesus was not technically crucified for, but because he was crucified on Friday, the night gets included in, in a Jewish idiomatic timetable. Does that make sense? And this is where you can justify the three-day timetable. Esther allows us to do that. Jewish language allows us to do that. Night and day being lauded together. Jesus was in the grave Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, that's three days and three nights. However, that's a hard thing to reconcile from the Matthew 12 perspective, Matthew 1240, three days and three nights in the belly of the earth, right? Is he using the idiom or is he being literal? And, the, and those that believe that Jesus was being more literal have sought to reconcile that and, and thus have pulled Jesus' timetable. And the reason why we can pull that timetable farther is because of this plural, the Sabbaths. When the Sabbaths were over, the 15th day of the month was a convocation Sabbath. If the day after the convocation was Saturday, then a second normal Sabbath would have taken place. In other words, if he was crucified on Thursday... Right? So Passover was Thursday night. That would have technically been Wednesday in our reckoning, right? Wednesday at 6 p.m., Thursday begins. <laughs> they have their Passover meal. Jesus is in the garden. The next, the, the next day, Jesus is tried and he's crucified. 
That's Thursday during the day. He's crucified. He's on the cross from noon to about three. They get him off the cross. They put him in the grave because the Friday convocation Sabbath is coming. He's thus in the grave Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And now we have, without having to add the extra evening that Jesus was not crucified, he is in the grave Thursday during the day, Friday night, Friday day, Saturday night, Saturday day, Sunday night, one, two, three days, one, two, three nights. And we have a much more natural understanding. This seems to be more likely to me specifically because of that plural Sabbaths that is in the text. Now, what we don't have here, however, is still three 24-hour periods, right? Because we have to add the day on Thursday to the night on Sunday. And Thursday, technically, he's only there for just a couple of hours of the day, right? From 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. or so, he's in the grave. This is why people try to bump it back to Wednesday. That way, he's in the grave for three complete 24-hour days and nights. Uh, And I guess I probably should have put that up here so that you could visualize it. But the reason why I don't like this one is this. If that were the case, then there would be a day, specifically Friday, between the two Sabbaths, right? In that, think through that with me. If Wednesday was crucifixion, Thursday was a Sabbath, Friday was not a Sabbath, Saturday was a Sabbath, Sunday is the resurrection. At this point then, the question is this. Why didn't the women go on Friday to anoint him? The women would have gone on Friday to anoint him between the Sabbaths, if that were the case. They did not go on Friday because they could not because there was a Sabbath. And that's what the text tells us, that because there was a Sabbath day, they had to wait until after the Sabbath to anoint him. However, if he was crucified on Thursday, there would be two Sabbath days in a row. And then when Matthew tells us after the Sabbaths, They came to anoint his body. That would make linguistic sense. That would also, in the timetable, make more natural sense. So the woman would still arrive after the Sabbath on the first day of the week. Jesus could be in the earth for the full, as it were, three days and three nights. And that seems to be more of a likely possibility, but both are valid. The Friday crucifixion is valid if we allow the the Jews' linguistic idioms to take place. It does not explain why Sabbaths is plural in the text. But other than that, it explains it. Unless it's plural because both Sabbath there were technically two Sabbaths, they were just observed on the same day. The convocation Sabbath and the literal Sabbath. Entirely possible as well. If we're talking about Jewish idiomatic expressions, then, we're, then the language can, can allow for that. The, the convocation Sabbath, the natural Sabbath, they were both on Saturday, but they were, there were two. Or we can draw it out one more day, two Sabbaths in a row, Thursday crucifixion, makes it a little bit more natural as it relates to uh, interpretation, makes it a little bit more clear in one's mind, Still entirely valid. I think both of them have arguments. Both of them are uh, possible. Thursday seems a little more likely to me, but um, 
that's where the controversy comes from. Again, Wednesday doesn't make sense to me because they would have come on Friday to anoint him. They didn't. He, he arose on the first day of the week. And that is the controversy and the timetable. Questions, thoughts? Okay, well, so when people, uh, when, when, when you're in a conversation and people say, oh, no, no, he was, he was uh, crucified on this day, he was crucified on that day, at least you have a little bit of insight now into why it is people say that. Uh, it's particularly because of Matthew 12, verse 40, where Jesus says that he must be in the, in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights and trying to reconcile that with uh, what we find in the timetable. I think that from a, from a more natural standpoint, Thursday reconciles it the best. But if we allow Jewish idiomatic expressions to do their thing, um, then Friday is perfectly valid as well as a possibility. So can we celebrate Good Friday on Friday? Yep, we can do that without, without a, a conscience problem. Enjoy it, and, uh, and uh, you, don't have to, you don't have to be concerned about uh, the, the nature of tradition and what else.